the behaviors and the decisions we make in our 20s, our 30s, our 40s really are going to determine what kind of life, like how active we are in our 70s, 80s, and 90s. Happiness, success, freedom, energy, fun, balance, strength, peace. It all stems from our physical and emotional well-being. You're in the right place for a healthy discussion with experts to show you the way. This is Be Well, a podcast from Crossover Health. Not sick is not enough. Being well is a movement to get the most we want out of life. In each of our episodes, we pick a health or lifestyle topic, bring in one of our doctors from the front lines, and have a real conversation. Be well, do good, enjoy life. What's up, everyone? This is Dan Lord, Program Director at Crossover Health. You're in the right place for a healthy discussion. Just a reminder, the following presentation is for informational purposes only, not intended or implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice. Please do not apply any of this information without speaking to your doctor. Today, I have an amazing guest, Dr. Stephen Ezejiakoye. He is the Chief Medical Officer at Crossover Health. He has a passion for population health and redesigning systems to drive improvements in quality and efficiency. I'd also add that he's an expert in integrative medicine. And Stephen, you're, you're talking to a chiropractor right now. I, I thought you know, medical doctors weren't allowed to talk to chiropractors. I'm really <laughs> surprised you're here. Are you breaking the law? Well, I wouldn't say I was an expert in integrative medicine, but I'd say I have a great interest in integrative medicine. And so part of what I actually liked about the whole concept of integrative medicine is it's another set of tools to really engage people in the whole journey on improving their health and well-being. And I think that's one of the really nice things that integrative medicine does is that it, it gives people the license and the opportunity to explore things that are really centered around health and well-being rather than just being purely focused on disease. You have a background from the VA and you, you could have gone anywhere and applied some of the knowledge that you, you got from that experience. Why crossover? Why did you come to crossover? And, you know, what was your goal? Well, so one of the things that really realized is that at the VA, the VA had done a lot to try to improve the patient experience and really had done a lot to try to improve the quality of care and also improve the quality of life of people. But one of the challenges that I saw was the average age of a veteran was 65. Uh -huh. And the average age of the veterans that I was seeing in my practice was probably 75. And though even though I thought we were doing things that were improving their overall quality of life, really our ability to change the trajectory and to make sure that they were living their, their best possible life, you know, we were doing that, but perhaps we were intervening at too late of an age. Uh -huh. And that by coming to a company like Crossover that has the same focus on giving a great patient experience, making sure that people are really improving their health and well-being, but yet we're able to intervene at an earlier age, gives us an opportunity to partner with, you know, with patients right. to really talk about what's important to you about keeping your health. And then how do we promote those behaviors that are going to promote you being as healthy and having as long and as a fruitful of a life as possible, and also maybe working on those behaviors that maybe aren't quite so sure. so good or, sure. or maybe don't quite fit with that that long-term goal so that we get these better outcomes. And so that was really part of, of what you know, made me think about leaving the VA and ultimately what made me choose crossover. Awesome. So, I mean, speaking to what you're saying about intervening at an earlier age, you know, I'm almost 40. I feel like I'm pretty healthy. I think I'm probably a candidate for what you're talking about. Why do I need a primary care physician? And 
what is different about crossover? Well, I think part of the, the advantage of primary care providers is that their main goal is to look at you as a whole person, to really take that holistic view. And one of the things that I like about crossover is we really do look at things with a biopsychosocial approach. And so that means we, you know, we have a biomedical approach. So we're taking care of acute illnesses and, right. and injuries, and you know, we prescribe medications and things like that. But we're also looking at the other things that affect your health and well-being. So you know, the psychology or the, the mental health piece of you. Right. Your mental health influences your physical health and vice versa. And then there's also the interplay of the social environment. So those social determinants of health, the environment you live in, the behaviors you have, all have a huge impact on, on your overall likelihood of being healthy. And right. when you think about what makes us healthy, about 10% is really related to medical intervention. So mm -hmm. the medications I might prescribe or the procedures that we might do. But that's where the vast bulk of where money gets spent. Now, the right. other 90% that drives your health and your well-being, 20% of it is genetics. The other 70% are your behaviors in the environment you live in. And that 70% of the environment behaviors has a huge impact on that 20%. And so Really, you want to make sure that you're intervening on that whole spectrum. And that's sure. actually one of the advantages of having a primary care provider is that you're looking at the whole person. And we really should be looking at that whole aspect of care. Uh, what are all the things that influence you know, someone's, uh, someone's health? And I like to think of you know, as the member or the patient, you're the quarterback. Yeah. Primary care is really your offensive line if we're playing football here. Okay. We're, we're giving you the time to survey the landscape figure out what are the right decisions. And part of what we can do as primary care is help to filter and sort right. out what are, what, is the, what are the things that are important to you. There's a the lot of noise should, out there. You should consider, exactly. Yeah. There's a lot of noise. Right. And so how do you know what's trusted? Right. We, can help, we can help drive that. We can help filter out what are the things that may be more relevant to you that yeah. you want to then consider. And then together, we develop your health plan or the plan for you going forward to maximize your overall sense of well-being. Right. And I think one of the really cool parts of that is in the design of the care model itself, which is, I think, for members, that's a different experience. Going to traditional, I'll call it traditional medical mm -hmm. doctors, it's, oh, I'm sick. I need to go get a prescription and it's transactional or you know, however you want to define it. It's like, this is what I, I need to get rid of my sickness. Mm -hmm. But you're bringing that totally full circle. And you've designed a care team that involves more than just the medical doctor. And it involves alternative medicine sometimes even. Can you speak to that? And like, why is that important? Why is that a shift? And why does that help you reach your goal to really intervene earlier? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so one of the things I love about Crossover is we have this integrated team. And, we, and it includes integrative medicine practitioners, so acupuncturists may be part of the team. Uh, chiropractors are often part of the team. We have health coaching as part of the team. We have behavioral health and mental health providers as part of the team, along with primary care. And it's really to be able to take that holistic view of, view of the patient. And I think that's so key because being able to use these different tools, we don't know what's going to resonate with an individual person or what's going to mm -hmm. have an impact on a person's health. And also... When people come in, we want to make sure that they can come in through any doorway. So it's right. all, you know, you're getting access to the whole care team, regardless of whether or not the first person you interact with is the chiropractor or the primary care provider. Ideally, we're going to be able to take a look at what's going on with you and then work with you to determine, well, what is it you want to work on? What's important to you? What are your goals? How do we leverage our members of the care team to help you accomplish that? And if we need to involve providers outside of our care team, how do we get you to the best 
provider yeah. in the community who's yeah. going to be aligned with your goals and, and our goals together to make sure that we accomplish that and that we are working together as a team. And really, we want to make sure that we're you know, an extension of you as the patient, giving you the ability to navigate a healthcare system to do what ultimately you want to do, which what we believe is is yeah. actually not needing yeah. healthcare, but really being focused on your on your health. I think it's much more compelling to not have a disease than to be recovering from a disease. <laughs> Nobody wants to be recovering from a disease. Right. I mean, you'd rather just, you know, that the old adage, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. I mean, that's <laughs> really believe that is that my goal is for people to not have to see me when they're sick, but really to be engaged with me or engaged with our care teams to be able to plan out a journey of, of health. Uh, because ultimately, the, the, the behaviors and the decisions we make in our 20s, our 30s, our 40s really are going to determine what kind of life, like how active we are sure. in our 70s, 80s, and 90s. And sure. so how do we actually make sure that we're making the right choices, we're developing the good habits. That doesn't mean that you that people aren't going to do things that are fun and aren't going to do things on occasion. It's really more about how do you establish an overall pattern of behavior that fits with your long-term goals. Right, right. That is a different way to look at a relationship with a doctor. Mm-hmm. I think that is extremely new. Um, and I think the other thing that you mentioned that is is really interesting to me one of the biggest pain points is trying to navigate the healthcare system. Mm-hmm. Healthcare is broken. Like we all hear that. Are we actually fixing it? Are we actually doing something to to improve upon it? Um, and and I think you were mentioning helping people navigate if if they mm-hmm. need something outside of primary care. Um, what do you mean by that? Like that that's really interesting. Yeah. So I think there's sort of two components to that. One is if you need. Uh, something that goes beyond primary care, how do you know you're going to the right place or the right specialist? And I think Mm -hmm. that's part of what the discussion with your care team can help you decide. But then also we can work through our part of our care team actually, what we call care navigators, who help connect our members with you know high quality providers who will do things at the best price. Right. So that you (laughs) actually get the most value. So really the highest quality at the you know, at the best price. And I think that part is really important in order to be able to make sure that you're having a good journey. Because one of the things that is a reflection of our system is that when you look at healthcare in the United States, we have the highest healthcare expenditures. But when you look at our outcomes, things like life expectancy, we actually are pretty low on the the overall scale. And certainly compared to other industrialized nations, we rank near the bottom. And so that means we're doing a lot of care that may not actually be that valuable. And I think partly that's a reflection of our healthcare system because our healthcare system typically rewards people for doing things that they can bill for. Right. And so you get paid for doing stuff rather than outcomes. So if, if, if we were being paid for keeping people healthy, the system Imagine might that. look different. Imagine that. Yeah. 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 No, I, I love that. And that's probably why you, you know, added chiropractors, right? You know, that's that's the central reason why we're here, you know? Well, actually, you know, I think that's actually an interesting discussion because if you think back a few years ago, there was a, a lot of discussion by groups like the Institute for Healthcare. Uh, well, oh, actually, I'm not saying the Institute for Healthcare Improvement, but, um, you know, things like the Joint Commission were promoting things like pain is the fifth the fifth vital sign. Right. And so there's a lot of focus on pain management. 
and a lot of concern that we were not uh, treating pain adequately. Right. And that helped fuel the opioid right. uh, pandemic. And right. so we thought we were doing something good, but we hadn't really necessarily considered the long-term consequences of that. They're real. Right. And so you've got hard, you know, rates of addiction, increased uh, death rate. I mean, certainly when you combine you know, opioids with things like benzodiazepines, which are you know, sedating medications, the rates of, of, of harm go way up. And certainly with opiate use itself, the rates of harm go up. And you know, I think one of the advantages of using things like chiropractors and physical therapists as part of our model is it gives us an alternative to the prescription pad to take care of issues right. like pain and allows us to do something which ultimately results in much better health. And we're also hopefully, hopefully treating the root cause of the discomfort rather than masking the discomfort. I like that you said the root cause. That, that rings true to me as well. And I think that is part of the magic of crossover. And one of the things that you always talk about is, you know, you can have a great doctor and if they have a bad system around it, um, the member's not gonna have a good experience. The member's not gonna get what they need or mm -hmm. the patient won't get what they need. But if you put a, pro a good provider into an awesome system that has what you're talking about, time, integrated, that provider might be from go from good to great, mm -hmm. right? And it attracts those types of providers who wanna be great, right? Do you think that that is a key differentiator? I think it is because when you look at how we're set up, Part of it is that you've got this integrated team. So the primary care doctor isn't alone. They've got colleagues to help them manage right. a, lot of, a lot of issues that they may not be able to manage on their own. The other is we give people time. So our shortest appointments are 30 minutes. And so that really allows time for you know, us to spend with the member to understand what's their issue, what are their goals, to really develop that relationship, be able to yeah. develop that plan. And when you... I was reading a study that said the average, when you look at the 50% of the world, the average primary care appointment is less than five minutes. So Bangladesh is the lowest at 48 seconds, and Sweden's the highest, probably around 20-something minutes. Mm -hmm. In the United States, we're about 20 minutes. And so, you know, when, and that's all appointments. And we're just talking about our shortest appointment is 30 minutes. So it really allows you more time. So we don't have these 10-minute visits when really, how much can you get to know someone and how much can you do other than quickly write a prescription or make a referral. So really you're focusing on the biomedical and you're really not emphasizing the psychosocial part. And so I think providers like the fact that we can spend more time. Right. I think our members like the fact that they can have more time with the doctor because it really allows them to get into their issues and it allows us to have these bigger discussions around behavior and habits and goals. And so I think those are the things that I think providers find valuable and we believe our members find valuable too. And it's really that relationship. And you know, if you're going to have a discussion with someone, it should be with someone who you trust. And trust takes time to develop and you need to be able to, you know, to, to have someone you relate to, someone you, you believe is, you know, cares about you and, and has the same interests and listens to you. Right, right exactly. Yeah. And so that's really how I think you can create a differentiator in healthcare because it allows people the opportunity to address the issues that are important to them. And I think that's what you know providers went through all their training for is they want to make sure that we're making meaningful change and and that we're actually 
making people healthy. And part of our system is also making sure that we have care standards and that we're able to give right. people information about how well they're doing in terms of managing their patients through those care standards and where are those care gaps and allows us to be proactive in going out to close those care gaps. So, you know, if someone has high blood pressure and it's not controlled, you know, you might be seeing them for a completely different problem. Maybe they sprain their ankle. Well, we still need to know is our blood pressure controlled and maybe you don't address it in that visit, but we have to make sure that it's addressed as opposed to, oh, we just saw them for ankle. And, right. that's, and that's just that transactional piece. Well, the relationship piece is no, we care about the whole person. We're definitely going to take care of your sprained ankle, but we need to make sure your blood pressure is controlled. We want to make sure that, that you're not at risk for diabetes. Maybe we screened you to make sure that, you know, you're about your habits or that you're, you know, have issues like loneliness or depression anxiety, all those are things that are opportunities for us to be able to you know, work with people to address things that might be affecting them in ways they might not even be aware of. Because you know, if we don't screen for these things, people don't always necessarily realize that maybe the reason I don't feel so well is because of, of anxiety or it's depression or maybe I've got issues going on with my relationship that, yeah. that if were addressed and dealt with, I would feel better. Right, right. Wow! Wow! Is is what my internal reaction is. I think that is so unique. And having the right people solving the problem, it, it really, I think, that's what it comes down to. It's the the answer isn't so complicated. The application is hard, mm-hmm. but it's amazing to have the right team with the right amount of time. You talked about a lifestyle approach, mm-hmm. and yeah, I get. There's more time. I can talk to my doctor now. They're going to help me make decisions about my my lifestyle. But how does that work now? Like, what are some of the key things that we're designing or building in that allows for the doctor to actually have that relationship and then do something about it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, a, you know, large part of what we're trying to do is get more into prevention, and so part of that is helping people develop healthy habits and behaviors or modify their environment in a way that will be positive for them. And and so when you come into our one of our visits, you may get asked some questions right. uh, and some, fill out some questions. And so those questions are really to give us more insight into what's going on in your life, what are your habits, what are the things that might be influencing you, and to let us know if there are potential areas of opportunity that we could discuss and say, you know, you know hey, it looks like you're smoking, and is that really consistent with your long-term goals? And if it's not, let's talk about some ways that we could help you deal with your smoking, or oh, maybe you're smoking, and maybe it's actually just it's you're using it as a compensatory mechanism for anxiety and depression. So let's actually address those issues. Sure. And so, part of it is we want to make sure that we're identifying opportunities to engage members around developing a health plan and. We also want to make sure that we're also screening for common illnesses like diabetes and high blood pressure. And if those things are there, that we're actually making sure that we're applying the very best evidence-based medicine to help address yeah. those along with things like diet, exercise, lifestyle change. And that we're tracking that because that's really what helps providers go from good to great is that we want to make sure that we've got providers who can develop a great relationship with people. We want to support them mm-hmm. by giving them those care insights that allows them to be able to bring up at the right time with members things that may actually make a difference in their overall health and then to make sure that those things are being followed up on and then are being closed. And as we as we get more sophisticated, we want to be able to gauge that and giving the members more and more insight into what, you know, what their you know, uh, potential gaps are in terms of, you know, a health dashboard and, and things like that so that we have both the member and the and the uh, 
patient care team working together and designing that goal and, and developing what should go on that dashboard. That sounds great. So are you ready for the hot seat? Bring it on. Here we go. Here we go. So what is your favorite podcast at the moment? So I've been listening to The Daily, and I've also been listening to How I Built This. And so that's, I've enjoyed both of those. The, the Daily is more topical news. Yeah. Uh, how I Built This is you know, really more about how people have, you know, get great ideas and, and bring them to life. What's one thing you do every day to stay healthy? I try to walk at least 10,000 steps a day and 100,000 steps a week. And so the 100,000 steps a week is to make sure that I'm having to do some extra exercise on a regular okay. basis. And I've been doing that pretty well. I've got over a, I'm over a year of meeting that. So I'm, it's not I'm, bad. Yeah, it's not I'm, bad. We're trying, trying to keep it going. Got to walk the walk, literally, <laughs> literally. Yeah. So, all right, what's your guilty pleasure then? Well, I have to say that I do have a bit of a sweet tooth, and particularly uh, gummy candy. So gummy bears are a, a particular a, a particular weak spot for me. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen, thanks so much for joining me. Appreciate it. Can I have you back sometime on the show? Would love to come back, Dan. Really appreciate you uh, having the podcast and uh, you know trying to let people know more about what Crossover provides and just give them more insight into how to have a healthier healthier life. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, Dan. Anyone 18 or over in the United States can be a Crossover Health member. At Crossover, you stay connected to a care team that works together and gets to know you over time. A doctor, a nurse, a mental health expert, a physical therapist, a chiropractor, a health coach, a fitness coach, and a care navigator. Go to crossoverhealth.com to join the healthcare revolution. If you like our podcast, please follow or subscribe and leave a review. If you have a topic you want us to explore, let us know on Facebook or Instagram at Crossover Health. Until next time, be well.